Greetings, beautiful people, and welcome back to the Revival's Holy Week devotional series. For today's reading and teaching, we will be in the book of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 17 and 33 through 35. As a reminder, these week's readings are from the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB translation. Receive the word of God on this day. Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now, when it was time for supper, the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon Scary's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel tied around him. And when he came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? <laughs> Jesus answered him, what I'm doing you don't realize now, but afterward you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. One who has bathed Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you, for he knew who would betray him. That is why he said, not all of you are clean. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and, and said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are speaking rightly, since that is what I am. So if I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should also do just as I have done for you. Truly, I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Little children, I am with you a little while longer. You will look for me, just as I told the Jews. So now I tell you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We have come to Monday Thursday, which chronicles Jesus' last night before he is betrayed and crucified. Jesus could have been anywhere on this night, 
He could have been teaching to the multitudes or visiting his mother, Mary. But he chooses to spend his last moments of freedom with the men who have undeniably become his closest comrades over his last three years in ministry, his disciples. They have followed him from city to city and region to region as Jesus shared the good news of the Messiah's coming. They have served alongside Jesus as he healed the sick and cast out demons. Some have even been near him as he exposed his vulnerabilities in prayer to God. Some have even seen miraculous manifestations of God unfold among Jesus. So before Jesus goes to endure the brutal death that is before him, he must prepare the people he loved most intimately for his departure. In your free time, I highly encourage you to read the entirety of chapters 13 through 17 in the book of John, known as the Farewell Discourse. These are likely my favorite passages of scripture in the Gospels, if not the Bible itself. And they are my favorite because Jesus goes to great lengths to teach his disciples and express his love and gratitude for them for the last time before he goes to die. I want you to imagine being on your deathbed. Ideally, you have lived a long life, so your wisdom is abounding. Ideally, you have family and friends and loved ones who are sitting around you, soaking up the last seconds and minutes and hours before your soul departs from your body. You look at them with weary eyes, beaming with love for them. And you want to encourage and prepare them for their new season of life without you. What would you say? I can imagine that you are judicious with your words because there is no time to waste. In some ways, you want to commiserate with your people in ways that breeds normality. But you also want to bless them with words that they will carry for a lifetime. And this is what Jesus does on this night. Amidst the raucous banter and the passing of plates and the clinking of wine cups, Jesus is reflecting on all the love he poured into the twelve. All of the teachings, encouragements, and even corrections. All of the ways he wrestled with how to lead them well. All of the prayers he sent to God on their behalf to cover and keep them for this life and the next. And there is one thing we can glean from Jesus's relationship to the disciples. It was what it means to be a person who leads out of love. As we visit today's text, we see Jesus coming to terms with his life lived for God and God's people. He is content with the story that people will say about his life. He knows that his purpose has been fulfilled. And we ought to celebrate that because what a rarity it is today for someone to reach the latter half of their life and feel that peace that God will soon say to them, well done, my good and faithful servant. 
I remember talking with my grandmother, who is now 91 years old, praise God. Now I'm blessed to still have her here and to experience her in her later years of life. My grandmother has literally done it all. She's received several degrees. She's been a principal and administrator. She's served her community, her church, and she has mentored some of the country's most noble leaders. I won't name them, but just know she has. <laughs> she has traveled the world, and she has raised children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. She is a pinnacle and the matriarch for our family. And I remember talking to her last summer, and I'll never forget what she told me. She said that I am at peace with my life. Now, looking back at her years, she is blessed to have done all that she has wanted to do. And now she is focused on ensuring her family is well. I teared up thinking about this as I prepared this teaching. And it makes me understand Jesus even more in this moment. He is about to partake in a sacred moment with the disciples to ensure his family will be well. And it starts with the washing of the feet. The word Mondi in Mondi Thursday literally means washing of the feet. In ancient civilizations, many wore sandals as they traversed sand and dirt in all type of waste on a daily basis, which made the feet very, very dirty. And as such, when one would enter a home, the host would provide guests a wash basin for them to wash their feet. Or potentially a servant or even the host themselves may wash their guests' feet. Washing the feet is also a sign of humility as we saw in Monday's devotional when Mary washed Jesus' feet with the oil. So as such, Jesus is essentially humbling himself to that of a servant before his disciples by washing their feet, which rightfully startles them. I mean, they have been the servants to him all these years. They have humbled themselves before his presence. They have learned from him. They have been deployed out by his command. In no way did they ever conceptualize Jesus being the one to serve them. And certainly not in such a humbling and frankly gross way. And even Peter protests the foot washing. But Jesus is not simply washing their feet as a sign of humility. He washes their feet both to teach and to prepare them for their new lives as disciples who must stand on those same feet to proclaim the gospel and build the church. Jesus teaches them that the way you must lead must reflect me, that of servant leadership. If Jesus can wash their feet, the disciples can wash others' feet as well. No one disciple is greater than the other, and no one disciple is greater than those in need. Jesus is saying to the disciples that you must treat others as equals and not subordinates. You must not exploit God's children as the Pharisees do. You must pursue a community built on mutuality and respect. You must not regard yourselves higher than you are.
For those called to the work of ministry, this is a reminder that our task is to serve and to prepare others out of mutual respect and equality. Our callings do not grant us the ability to lower ourselves above others. Christ's humble act of foot washing should remind us that it is not about us, but about God and God's people. Jesus also washes their feet to prepare them. Just as Mary anointed Jesus' feet, so is Jesus anointing the disciples' feet because he knows what their journey will entail. Their feet will take them to lands not yet traversed. Their feet will endure intense persecution. Many of them will not live a long life and will see a similar fate like Jesus. So to anoint their feet is to call forth the power of God to surround and occupy their being for what is to come. It is a precursor to the deliverance of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. It is a symbol of God's presence being with them always. Finally, I want to talk again about Jesus' love. In verses 34 and 35, Jesus offers a call that supersedes every teaching he has delivered in priority and significance. To love others like I loved you. The disciples will be called to now interpret everything they know about ministry through the lens of Jesus' love. Everything he did for them was because he loved him. And everything he will do in the coming days is because he loved them. Love is the foundation of his leadership. And people will not remember the disciples first because of their miracles and grand acts. They will remember them because of the way they love people and each other. And that will testify to the goodness and love of Jesus. And we should want our testimonies to speak of the same love Jesus has us surrounded in. When we are in our last days, we should want to hear from the ones we love the most about how much our love reflected Christ. And the way we served our communities and raised our families and even took care and poured into ourselves, all of these things should point to the love of Christ. That is the foundation of our ministry, love and love abounding. Let us pray. God of love, we thank you for revealing the center of our Savior's heart, that he was one that served and loved so deeply and treated others so warmly. May we follow in Christ's example for the rest of our days, and our testimony sing a song of abounding love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.